but um, I want to start out the show by giving my lovely father, one of our dedicated listeners, a huge shout out because it was his birthday yesterday. Happy and birthday, uh, yeah, he did nothing except um, he discovered the show Brockmire. Have you ever watched that? No, I've heard of it. It's um, it's Hank is uh, Azaria, and he's the yeah. uh, baseball announcer, right? Yeah, he's an alcoholic baseball announcer, which is right up my alley. Like, you could not write a show more for me and my father than I that. <laughs> it's Hank Azaria, which I feel like the two of you really like. Yeah. Like, that voice actor, because he's funny in The Simpsons. And then it's baseball, and then it's drinking while watching baseball. Yeah. And it's... and the two of your love, the you and your dad's love for Jerry Remy and, you know, uh, fucking... Just... Dennis Eckersley, just like yep. just their ethos. You love yes, them. Yes, 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 100%. You hit, you hit the nail directly on the head. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, and then I talked to him on the phone for a while last night. We just kind of shot the shit. Him and I just, we just get stoned and talk on the phone for like an hour and a half. Oh my it's, God. <laughs> it's the most, if you recorded it and made it a podcast, no one, it would be like speaking a different language because we're just like, rambling and like fucking talking about shit that only we talk about and it's just like a mess me and my dad actually do that too <coughs> um instead of weed it's pcp <laughs> Ooh, that's yeah, fun. it's wild saucy it's wild big tom hitting a sauce yeah um, well uh and my second announcement oh yes that i am switching to the libertarian party and supporting vermin supreme 2020 <laughs> he everyone gets a pony i think he's still on that platform uh, have you seen a picture of him recently? Mm, does he still have the boot on? Yes. Yes. That I've seen all the pictures of Vermin. <laughs> um, I sent this picture to my dad the other day. I don't know if you, you'll be able to see it, but it's a picture of him. Hell yeah. And it says, dear reader, you are beautiful. Whatever is going on in your life right now, please know that you matter and your story is important. You are loved. And then he has a sticker that says, roses are red, the sticker is blue, never forget that Vermin Supreme loves you. <laughs> and I'm all in. That's beautiful. All in. I'm trying to remember, because I remember my brother showed him to me and last election, and his platform was like, everyone gets a pony. <laughs> and that, like, he had something about, like, compost, like he's going to do a national compost, like, initiative. Where it's like everyone's shitting outside, but it like helps the country in some way. And it would be like mandatory. Like if you're not shitting outside, <coughs> you'll be arrested by the oh, state police. That's fucking hilarious. I love that. No, I'm all in. It's it's like, for, it's... for me, at the craziness of politics and like the, what we're in right now, which is this like everyone has something to say and everyone is standing behind some sort of weird initiative. It's Vermin. The top of that weirdness is Vermin Supreme and Newt Gingrich. Yeah. While Newt Gingrich had some like legitimacy, he was also like, so um, by 2012, um, we are going to start uh, re reevaluating and rejuvenating our space program, and by 2016, we will have a moon colony, and we will have a uh, a U.S. Uh, you know embargo with the moon. And it was just like, whatever he said, I was like, I'm on top of it. And then it was right below them is Reagan when he was like, we're putting a, we're putting a space shield over America <laughs> in the 1980s. I just am of the firm opinion that if your name is Newt, people named Newt are going to live their lives as if they're a very menial member of a royal family. 
Yeah. <clears throat> he well, I even I've I've fascinated by his politics and everything. He that's not even like a nickname. That's his real name. Like who? It's not like his his name's like well, it's Newton, but like he prefers Newt. And also, who is like sitting there and they're like, "I'm gonna name my kid Newton." This is a good idea. Newton, if you could guess what his middle name is, do you know it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, David. No, I have something funny to talk about. That it's Newton Leroy Gingrich. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Gingrich. Um, to speak of David, another funny. So I'm upstairs talking to my girlfriend in her office, and um, she was like in some sort of like uh, it was like a videoed recorded seminar she needed to like take care of, and so she needed to. I think is what she was doing. She also has this program that will basically transcribe what is it on it audially and that was like her task today so it was just she played the video from one computer and the other computer would pick up and transcribe it onto like a word document basically like a rosetta stone like it just <clears> reads <throat> it off thing. and a guy read his name as um john chen no yeah john chen and it auto-corrected to Jackie Chan. And she did, <laughs> looked at it and did a double take. And the guy talking, John Chen, was Chinese. And she goes, this computer's racist. <laughs> and he, and I was like, so she's telling me this. And I'm, and I'm dying laughing. It's just like, oh, your computer is, it's just like, it was like, did he have an accent? She was like, no, he was Asian. But <laughs> the computer just went, mm, did you mean Jackie Chan? artificial intelligence has gotten really fucking realistic <laughs> racist as shit and then another uh, yeah, another woman came on because she works with nine all the time um another woman came, chinese woman came on and was like did you mean brenda song <laughs> oh incredible yeah i thought that was funny with all like the word the, the stupid names well welcome back to the tronestone podcast um we are getting up there but this has got to be a double digit recording since quarantine i think we're on number eight maybe eight or nine yeah next week we'll hit it yeah we'll have a big party because we never reach double digits so if it's wednesday today we should prepare for like late tuesday unless you're like working um podcast because that'll be the no can't do that I don't even have my schedule yet. Uh, no, well, um, potentially late next Tuesday, because that'll be the puppy podcast. We'll have a barking dog. Um, we'll all we'll post a picture on uh, probably Donkey's Twitter um, and everything to show off my um, child. Um, yeah, so prepare for that. So we'll only have one episode this week, and then we'll have the puppy podcast, and we'll do another one in the weekend. That yeah. that week. we'll we'll so, we'll we'll give the fans a little bit. Um, Is there any music news you've heard of? I feel like there's been nothing. I've also been in the middle of a seven days straight of working at Starbucks, so like I kind of want to kill myself. Today is day seven. Yikes. Well, uh, no, I don't really have much. Um, there's been some singles that have dropped that I've been like, uh, like more like um, band music, like rock or something, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that, that single is definitely leading up to an album. Um, 
like I had no idea when they dropped that. It's like I feel like rappers and hip hop performers are a little bit more transparent when it comes to like the album's gonna come at this date, and you know someone like like I don't even know any of the number of bands that I listen to. They're like, here's a single, and everyone's just like, oh, when's the album coming? They're like, oh, three years. <laughs> but you know, yeah, rappers. It's like if you get a song from a rapper, you're like, in the next two months, I'll have an album from him. Yeah. I was listening to, I saw on Spotify of the weekend, um, one of my, like, he's more folksy, bluesy, Blake Mills, um, had a really, really good um, guitar moves. I've talked about that YouTube channel before where a guy just goes and talks to people about how they play guitar. Um, really cool. Um, he actually, we talked about him before, Blake Mills. He's, um, he, like, revitalized the Buena Vista Social Club. He went down to Cuba. Um, they were still in Chicago. Um, and he dropped an album sucked i couldn't hear a single guitar on it so I, i'm not happy about that whole album that i was just no thanks um yeah nothing really that i can think of like a lot of people have been dropping demos like there's that oasis song they dropped um just a demo of like an old 90s song that never made the cut um weezer dropped like a demo <clears throat> mumford and sons dropped a demo of just like the, just their songs there i really think when it comes to like rock or like uh, instrument music, people can't get to a recording studio because of quarantine. And so they're just like, oh, like I'll have my producer find some random shit that we, like, we recorded a million years ago and we'll drop that. Because I feel like there's been a big uptick of um, like demos, like not like just uh, alternate takes of songs that we've already heard before, at least coming from like, rock music or punk or whatever that typical music is um yeah i don't have much music news but um before we get into talking a little bit of future and stuff um this episode of the podcast is brought to you by assault and battery this is a store that specializes in sea salt and batteries and also legal advice If you need any of those three things. <laughs> Holy shit. You caught me off guard with that one. That was so nonchalant. But go on with Assault and Battery. Come on down to Assault and Battery. Um, you know that, like, Himalayan pink sea salt? Mm-hmm. We got that. That's a, a hot commodity these days. If you need some, like, you know the batteries that you have to put in your, uh, like fire alarms that are like super weird. Volts. Yeah. And like, sometimes you go to target and they're sold out. We fucking got those. We got a whole warehouse of them to go off on nine volt batteries. Are they the only battery that are individually sold? You're just like, when you go to target and you're like, I need a nine volt battery. And you're like, I'll buy, I'll buy four of them, but they're individually packaged nine volt batteries. That's a good question. I think also, buy, I think you buy trip. I think D batteries are also like the, big fucking fat chodes buy like four packs of those but i think you can get them individually Hmm. also to go off of that uh is there something is there a some sort of device that only takes that takes more than one nine volt battery um because good playing guitar um for as long as i have Every little piece of equipment, whether it's a pedal or an old tuner or um, a, a fucking amp or 
any it always takes a nine volt battery i don't think i've ever come across besides <laughs> something i recently bought a small amp where it takes something that isn't a nine volt battery everything's nine volt in guitars so i think my my genuine answer for you is that i think if you get past the level of like nine volt d batteries i think you get into the world of rechargeable batteries i think you get up to the like like a battery for a rechargeable drill yeah i was just about to you say know like any drill. sort of that kind of thing. i had a weed whacker that was like that yep so I think if it's more than a nine, if it requires more power than a nine volt, I think you're going into the rechargeable battery world, which a salt and battery has a bunch of those. We also make our salt in house. We ship in um, various types of like water to dehydrate for sea salt, um, as well as um, Himalayan mountain rocks, which I think I assume is where Himalayan sea salt comes from. Sure. Yeah. And then, um, we actually have they're a, paying us we don't have to get it right exactly and we just we have a big old warehouse we hack it up and we sell um those very cheap um like the grinders that you get when you get uh uncracked peppercorns at the store and so it's like it's just some really high quality stuff that we have here um and then also uh quarantine times adapting um if you do happen to get into domestic dispute with your significant other we can offer legal advice. Um, we have a team of lawyers on retainer. They're very mediocre lawyers, but um, can't can't promise you're gonna you know walk away. Um, the case, but you know more uh, money. But we're gonna do our best here. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and wow. also we'll give you some salt because we all know that um, to treat those wounds that your loved one left. Exactly. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> well, thank you, Assault and Battery, uh, for the sponsorship. Um, Moving on to, we want to talk about future. Yeah, just in passing. Um, yeah. First, I'll bring up the Reason and Schoolboy joint that dropped. That oh, was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Uh, old man was a big fan of that one. Um, it was very just like raw. It mm-hmm. wasn't. It, it felt like um, it felt a little bit like early, early like J Rock Absol. Like it was like a bit of a throwback where it was a bit more like gang banging music yeah okay um but i enjoyed that um and then high on life dropped which was i would say good but not great i think it just like it's one of those albums that i think it doesn't like fall into what my mood and mindset is right now so i don't really connect all that much it's a little bit slower and like right now that's not what i'm looking for totally Exactly. I, I mean, I put some some of the songs on my playlist, um, like uh, "Touch the Sky" in Solitaires. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably Solitaires, yeah, with Travis. Um, but yeah, it was. Again, we've talked about it. Future is very much like you. You can put on an album and just be like, oh, one song blends into another sometimes, and it's kind of the few features that snap you out of that like oh hey tra- this is travis or mm-hmm. um like oh this is drake coming on or never broke again young never broke again or whatever um yeah this was kind of underwhelming um you guys like i know you and salt put a lot um of hype behind it and most of the time it's you hyping me up be like hey like this album's coming out and i get excited i go right up with you and i feel like kind of all three of us we talked over text and we we're kind of like eh, like we got a song we got a song or two out of this album that we didn't hear from before. So 
I'm like, okay. But yeah. I think this is an I album that the, yeah. is going to be, like, I will look back on this much more fondly than I feel about it now. Yeah, I'm sure, like, if <clears> we continue to, like, put it in the rotation, we'll be like, oh, yeah, like, that was, like, this song was off that album, I think. Yeah. We'd like this one. Um, Definitely too long. He, 21 songs was yeah. way too long. Yeah. Even though some of them were, you know, I mean, it is an hour and 10 minutes long for a rap album, which is banana land. An hour yeah. and 10 minutes, like, but yes, also, but also no. I feel like you got to think, um, like, Dirty Sprite 2 was hour and one minute long. Like, that's just sort of Future's thing. That had bangers on it. Like, mm-hmm. No, I agree like, with you. If, if you're going to make a rap album more than I think a perfect rap album is like 30 to 40 minutes long. Um, a, a perfect rap album is like super slimy. That was the perfect. Yeah. Exactly. And we've talked extensively about that, but like this perfect one would be like 30 to 40 minutes long. If he pushes it to a dirty Sprite where it's an hour long, you back that up with yeah. you having contrasting songs and you know you have a song for this type of per- or this type of mood and you have a song for this type of mood this one that was an hour and ten you know a, was two extra songs like straight yeah. down the middle <clears throat> yeah and like you said like you you need to be in a mood for that entire <clears throat> album like you, there was no variation and like oh you know like it's I, I want to go driving right now. Let me put on this specific song from High Off Life. Or it's like, oh, I'm just vibing right now. Like, it's late at night. Let me put on this. It's like, it's all one mood. And you can't really have, like, um, uh, like different experiences with the album. You need to kind of be in, like, the perfect situation to listen to that album. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I enjoyed Trapped in the Sun. I thought that was a really good start to that album. Yeah. yeah. It was just, like, a very, like, upbeat, bright song. And then... I liked that he did like a little beat switch on Riding Strikers. I feel like yeah, that, that, I, that was a that was like Travis Scott perfected that in Astro World where he just switched beat mid song. Oh, I thought yeah. that was such a sick idea because it broke up the album so well. I I was listening to it and I'm like, all oh, right, this is the Travis song. This is the Travis song. And then he didn't come on. And I'm like, oh. But then I think he comes on the next one. Like the I think yeah. Solitaires is the very next one or something. Um, and I was so I was like, oh shit! Like okay, he's taking a page from from Travis. Like with that whole like, it's not even like a breakdown. It's just like he shuts off one, one beat and just twists it, makes it a whole he new. He basically one. starts a new song. Exactly. Yeah. Which is um, uh, which has been trending. Um, yeah, I like Trapped in the Sun. My dits got me on that Strikers. Um, Riding Striker song, um, which I liked, I put in the playlist. But I think Solitaire's for me kind of shined um, on that album, but because Travis was yeah. on it, I don't and think I, if Travis was on it, I'd be like uh, as big a fan with it. Me and Ben were hyping up um, Harlem Shake with Thug, but that kind of I not memorable. I did not. Uh, I listened to the whole thing just do, running errands, like I would pull it out to put in AirPods to go in the grocery store. I completely even missed that song. Yeah. I didn't even like realize it was coming up. Yeah. Um, you got anything else as far as music goes? Mm, I'm trying to think. Um, I thought I did have something. No. I'm good. Um, the only other thing as far as like things coming out that I want to bring up was um, Pat Oswalt. 
uh, dropped a special on Netflix. I just, watched, I just watched it last night. Was it good? Um, I was just about. To, I should have texted you last night to watch it so we could do another review yeah. on it. Um, I mean, we can always Patton save it and I'll watch it and do it yeah. for next week. Yeah, why don't we do that? I will say, Pat Oswald is. Um, I've learned off of this special. He is. He's got a. He blends a lot of different, like, stand-up comedian like um, tricks and trades. Uh, but he makes it very much his own. And I will say, yeah, I, I won't get too much rest into it. Let's save it for next week. It's very different than like what we are used to. Mm-hmm. It's not so much Jerry Seinfeld. It's not, but it's also not so much like a or ball hog or a, a Dalia. Um, it's very much his own. But there are some bright spots in it that I really, really liked. I also just really, really like Patton Oswalt as a person. Like he was on, he was on Rogan yesterday, and it was, yeah, it was fascinating because I feel like he leans a little more liberal while Joe leans a little more conservative, and they were both mm-hmm. just like, it was just two really well-spoken dudes, like really bright, smart dudes, like talking about stuff and like yeah. not arguing, but talking and being like, I see where you're coming from, blah blah blah, and it was just like, it was yes. a cool podcast to listen to. He is such a good interviewee. Um, he was on part of my take, and he was on Lights, Camera, Barstool because they wanted to talk about Star Wars with him. And Both he was times. on KFC Radio. Yeah, and he was on. So it was it's it was him doing the rounds for the for his special and everything. But he on part of my take, I it was something that I don't think had ever really like happened or to the extent that it did on part of my take, where he was genuinely like. He's not a part of that big sports world. He's yeah. more on like the nerd culture side. And while part of my take is all sports, he was like so fascinated and invested in genuine having genuine reactions about like the ideas that Big Cat and PFT were throwing at him. And he was like, oh, man, like super just like I, I got to look into this and be like they were taught. It was basically they were talking about Star Wars and like how Patton Oswalt is kind of like almost like the king of the nerds at this point and was this talking about like the dire fandoms of star Wars versus Lord of the Rings or Simpsons or something. Um, and Patton came up and was just like, since you guys are the sports guys, like, can you tell me like, you guys know the level of fandom that people have for star Wars? Like they die for that. What is that in the sports world? And they all had this awesome discussion about like, it's like cowboy fans and Eagle fans are like the star Wars fans of sports. Like they're just like, they get angry at like when things change yeah you know like jerry like jerry uh jones tries to you know kick out the the coach and the cowboys are like no it's like like how a director ruined the most recent star wars stuff like all these nerds come out and are just like angry when they change something but also angry when they don't it's like eagles and cow like it was a perfect conversation i'd it was something i'd never seen before on like heard before on like part of my take where it was both like interviewee from just like they brought him on obviously to do his special but also as like let's just shoot the shit and like kind of like make fun of him a little bit like try to be funny but it was like a super genuine conversation Patton Oswalt was like so interested in he goes yeah I gotta look into that like other sports teams like what are their fandoms like is it as you know harsh as a Star Wars or a Lord of the Rings fandom it was so like genuine and then he was on um Lights, camera, barstool did the exact same thing. Obviously, those guys are super nerdy into Star Wars, but like they had like the most genuine conversation, even outside of Star Wars, more of like his acting career and like what it's like, you know, 
uh, in his whole, you know, sphere. Um, but it was, it was, it was super cool. And I'm like, I'm kind of now like, uh, super into Patton Oswald. I want to look up more of his, his standups and, and, uh, some of his other interviews. Cause I know he's been on a bunch of barstool stuff. Donkey's on a call right now. He can still hear me, but like, he's just a little bitch. That's wild. He's probably talking with his mom. And Susan's just like, and then you'll never believe Lucinda just threw herself off the pier at Rockport. She's dead, Duncan. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> we got nothing better to do. And in this one time at band camp. That's so weird, dude. Yeah, I can't believe how weird that is, too. All right, cool. Peace. Yep. Um, that was Dylan. He was calling because he's going to the taco truck across the street, and uh, he also wanted to update me. So the other day, um, we're going to take a hard left from Patton Oswalt. Uh, just to wrap that thought up. Uh, of course. is, um, I feel like, a wonderfully genuine human just in general, and so that makes him a fascinating podcast guest. And I know. He was, like, no super – it was kind of like a, like a, they were basically making fun of him with the Star Wars stuff, or like not making fun of him, but like, like it's something in that, cheek a little bit. Yeah, it's like something Patton Oswalt is like super invested in, and they're kind of tooling on him a tiny bit. But then he was just like, yeah, he's like he had an epiphany on the podcast, and then it sparked Dan and PFT to be like, oh shit, yeah, like yeah, they had an epiphany, and it was like super authentic, like the gears turning of them coming up with almost like a bit basically. And I feel like you also like for Dan and PFT, like you have to go into that a little bit being like, okay, well this guy, like our baseline expectation is this guy's just here to plug your shit. Yeah. And then that's not Patton's thing. Like, yeah, it, it made, it, like, it almost yeah, made it seem like they're here, but like, I don't want to talk about that really. I know it almost made it seem like that, that interaction, like they became friends after that. Yeah. They were like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, like this guy's awesome. Yeah. He's not just like a celebrity trying to plug his shit that we yeah. we've seen on King of Queens. It's like he's like genuinely like interested and likes us. Um, so that phone call, um, Dylan the other day he had a nice day off. It was a nice day out. He has a motorcycle, um, and so he grabbed his helmet and he went on, he trotted his little tush down to go take his motorcycle for a little joyride. Motorcycle wasn't there. No more motorcycle. Um, so he had to file a police report. He like went to the apartment complex and was like, do you have like video of this? I think, am I legally allowed to talk about this? I don't know. I don't think we can get sued, but I think it's an ongoing investigation. But. Yeah. Um, and so his bike was allegedly stolen and there are allegedly videotapes of it. Yeah. And, and his so name he, is allegedly Dylan. Yeah. Allegedly he went to the apartment people and allegedly watched the videos. And allegedly there was a guy in like all black mask, hoodie, electrician bag, like toolbox and a helmet. And he just trots over to the bike, hot wires it and fucking pieces. Allegedly. Wow. Allegedly. And so they're like, the cops allegedly were like, we're fucking bored. So we're going to put everything we have into this. Love it. <laughs> I allegedly love that. Yeah. So, uh, a little alleged crazy story happening unfolding wow. on my end. Yeah. So he was telling me all this. And I was like, uh, 
but yeah. Crazy. Um, let's see. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. And then also, the only other thing I have, uh, Listen to Your Heart wrapped up last night, or two nights ago. Wow. Um, End of an era. Yeah, Jamie did not win, um, nor is she still with the guy that uh, she was, like, the couple with. Mm. Um, she did, however, hit a 100,000 followers. She started off, what was it, five, six weeks ago, seven yeah. weeks ago, with, I think, 6,000 followers and just hit 100K. Fuck, man. A that's like, like she's she's like making money off of that. Like, yeah, she has, could could be like yeah. she if she if she translated it the right way, she yeah. definitely could. Just do a couple of Instagram sponsorships and you're fucking. That's easy money. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. And then also like you have just like the plot like she was like she was like I'm open to Bachelor in Paradise. Just make an OnlyFans account at this yeah, point. Exactly. Like why not? Fuck it. Um, Show you cooch. And so, yeah, uh, Bree and Chris won. It was a good episode. They 100% deserved it. There was, like, some drama, but it was, like, kind of a poorly written show in that when they got down to the end, because of the way they set it up, there was, like, no drama. So all the drama oh. felt very, very, like, produced. Yeah, it wasn't by earned. By the show. Yeah, it wasn't, like, actual drama. Um, and then, yeah, there's a couple other couples that are, like, still going at it and yeah whatever yeah i don't know i'm like half of me is like i'm disappointed i wasted my life on this show i wasted like six to eight hours on this show but yeah at the same time like what else what the, what the fuck was i gonna do yeah exactly if we want to transition <laughs> roll that into um our other thing that we're going to talk about um tv last dance yes now um, in time of recording last dance has ended yes. but duncan is about um just a week behind so I believe not last episode, but maybe two ago, we talked about um, some of the episodes. We are going to be talking about episode seven and eight, which dropped on uh, not this past Sunday. I need to look. To it was like early um, May. The dropped on the ninth or or the tenth of um, May. So if you're listening to this again, we are about a week behind um finishing it up so seven and eight um your your thoughts duncan on on episode seven is the one where they dive into jordan um playing baseball okay i think i kind of so i was like i forget what it was i think i got home like kind of late and dylan was like watching it already so i kind of jumped in halfway through that one and was half paying attention to that one um all I know about that episode that has nothing to do with that episode because I didn't really pay attention to that one um, is that I got Matt got a jersey for the jersey swap, I think, three years ago. And it's a Jordan Birmingham Barons jersey. And that value, the value of that jersey has just skyrocketed. Sky, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on DHgate trying to find like not even just like the, like the, the Birmingham Barons one, but any Jordan like yeah. a, anyone that was even showcased in that documents documentary series, you their jerseys have skyrocketed. Fucking yeah. uh, Horace Grant of f- number fifty four on the Bulls, his jersey skyrocketed. Yeah. Now they're like forty bucks on DHgate instead of twenty. Yeah, because they're those those fucking uh, children in China are having to pump them out twice as yeah, fast. Exactly. They just don't have the capacity. It's yeah. a lot of people being quarantined over there. You know, it's just a mess. Supply and demand, classic situation. 
So we... I want to hear like your thoughts more on it because I didn't. Oh, that was like one that I kind of missed. So um, we, I may have been alive. I'm trying to think. Like the, he was playing baseball in '95, yeah, we but it was like it was like towards the end. Like he was basically like when I was born. I thought, I thought it was like '97. '97 is when he won his fifth title. Oh, he yeah. played baseball in between his two, three. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he right. basically, you know, um, retires 93 uh, after the 93 season. And then he has some time off and goes into baseball in like late 94. And then it's basically like, you know, I'm born in September 95. And it's when he's basically at that point, he probably already returned to. Um, you know, he's already in the NBA, actually, by that time. Now that I got my I'm thinking about it. But um. I spoke with um, my dad about it and because he wasn't a huge like basketball or baseball fan. Um, the Pats still he was like his biggest was football. But even then, the, the Pats weren't good in 95 and like the 90s. Yeah. But he, it was so hard to not miss. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like he was just like it was it was everywhere. He was like he goes, you know, we didn't really watch ESPN all that that much but when i did it michael jordan was being talked about he goes not to the extent that lebron is now where it's yeah. literally you turn on any of the eight espn channels and if they're not talking about a current sports thing they're talking about lebron yeah. um he goes it wasn't like that but it was like even the you know this channel five news local to massachusetts would have something like and michael jordan continues to you know he wins another game against it they wouldn't even be talking about the celtics it would just be like michael jordan did it again yeah um so he was like, it was very hard to, to miss it. And he goes, obviously, he's like, I go to a friend's house or I got nothing else to watch. And it's like, yeah, it's like the Jordan's playing the Celtics. So might as well watch it. Um, he didn't have much to say about when Mike, uh, when Jordan went into the MLB. But um, from this, from the episode seven, when he's in baseball, there was actually, I pulled out a, a quote when you wanted to talk about it. Um, he hit, uh, I, again, I don't know baseball all that well, but he hit, um, 202 with virtually no power. This is him like coming into the, to, I mean, the, the minor leagues and everything. Um, but he also hadn't played baseball in 14, quote, 14 fucking years and stole <laughs> 30 bases, just a couple of rungs down the ladder from the bigs. So again, just the athletic prowess of Michael Jordan, where he hadn't played baseball literally since I think the, in the documentary he said he was like, a, he didn't play his senior year baseball. Yeah. He hadn't played baseball since he was 16 and then comes to the league after winning three championships and going like, you know, I'll play baseball now. So I think it's lost upon people. The fact, because like I've seen a lot of, uh, of Twitter slander about Jordan's batting average. I think he batted like 205 or something. It was like not great, but baseball is not a fucking easy sport. Like, you have to face really good pitchers and, like, try to hit. They're just, their only goal is to fool you. And exactly. you have to somehow get around that. And then, like, the fact that he was athletic enough to even hit 200 in whatever it was, double A, and steal 30 fucking bags. That, that was like, the crazy thing. Where it was like, I, you know how hard it is. And then, not only are the pitchers, like, they train forever <clears throat> to... Just, yeah, fool someone into, like, swinging at a pitch. 
the other half of them is like it's it's some glory points if you you know throw someone out at yeah. second base and everything so they're training really hard at that and it, like 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 Jordan did they probably did everything they could in their power to stop Jordan from stealing yeah. bases yeah. and so they probably even trained harder and yet he was still able to steal bases and also all these guys he's playing with have muscle memory from playing baseball for the last 14 years and he made up for all that with just athleticism yeah and like they in the documentary they talked about how like his trainer was like you know michael like if you decide like i want to do professional baseball like you can't go back to basketball you it's completely different muscles in basketball it's all um like legs and a little bit of shoulders in baseball, it's completely different. So y- you won't be able to play basketball again. It's just your body can't flip the switch like that. Playing at a professional level in one muscle group and then to another professional level on a different one and then switching back and he goes, that won't happen. And he's just like, fuck you. He's like, I'm doing it. <laughs> he's like, I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, the documentary series is like awesome. Like I can't wait to, when we talk about nine and 10, since it's so fresh in my memory, nine and 10 are like the, obviously like the piece de resistance about this yeah. whole thing and everything. Uh, episode. I have eight. like a little bit of a tie in um, yeah. because I, the big thing on Twitter was Leonardo DiCaprio in the locker room. Yeah. yeah that's the, that's the nine and 10. Me and my roommate were just talking about how like Leo's what, like 16 in that. Yeah. Around there. Like, Dude, Leo, he's now like 40-something. He yeah. has been laying pipe. Oh, for for his entire life. Since his dick worked. Yeah, for his entire and, life. And like, how wild is it that, like, imagine as a 16-year-old going into Jordan's locker room after he won a championship and Jordan just being like, yo, I love that movie you were in. Yeah, that was the funny thing was he... It, again it's for for the next two episodes it's leo comes in and jordan goes oh shit man i just watched your movie and everything he goes what's up i love that movie and it's like jordan fanboying over a an actor and it was just it was like way too funny and then like also like leo just being so fucking like comfortable in that locker room and like somehow not being intimidated but oh, then yeah. that, that brings me to like, there's a shot in episode eight, I think it is, where Seinfeld is in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to bring that up. could not look more out of place. <laughs> but that's like, you, like, we've talked about Jerry to the ends of the earth. That's Jerry, where he's yeah. just like, he, I guarantee he was like, oh, I'd like to see Michael Jordan. And his person was like, we're going to get a great photo out of this. You're going to be in the news. They're going to be talking with us. Get up there. And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And his, his agent was still just like, get in there, get in the locker room. He's just like, hey, Michael, how are you? That was a great game out there. And he's just like, yeah. And he's like, uh, he goes, and I think Michael is just like, uh, oh, like all these guys are there. It's big super fan. We watch it every night, like every night at Thursday, even if we're in the, like, we yeah. have a game that night. He's like, my, my, the boy, like, you know, Scotty Pippen over there still watching it. He's like, oh, thank you very much. And then he just stands there like. And then oh, like, there's one point have. where like the security guard, like shoes him out of the locker room. And it's like, yeah. you have to get out. And he's like, man, do I though? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay. It's it was just, just all very, it was very much, it was a little snippet of the show Seinfeld. Oh, exactly. It, it, like, the, in Seinfeld, they do have, like, the Yankees come on, mm-hmm. and it's still very much just, like, 
Jerry or George being awkward around Yankees mm-hmm. players and everything, and the, or Yankees players being awkward around them because yeah. just like they're not suited for television. But like, you know, again, don't want to go on a tangent about Seinfeld, but like that's like the the humor of Seinfeld, where it's like Jerry's like a somewhat comedian, and all of his friends are in the in, as characters supposed to be no one, and yet they're they're constantly bumping into celebrities, yeah, and like Miss America contestants and you know don mattingly and fucking Derek jeter and it also like exposes the really weird dynamic between like there's a whole segment of our population that are giant sports fans but are just have no athletic talent or ability whatsoever and so i feel like that's a really weird dynamic if you're someone who's a huge sports fan but like never really played sports and you have to meet sports people and you're just like Ha ha hi. Yeah. I kind of get it, but I don't get it. You're a freak of nature. Jerry's actually said before on a Comedians and Cars, I think, where he met Jordan and he's met other bunch of other athletes. And he goes, I he goes, I've met a bunch of like football Giants players. He goes, I, I'll watch football, but like I never played football. He goes, so like, what am I going to talk to them about? Yeah. Like, oh, good blocking. I don't know. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he goes, I, he's like, I just don't. He's just like, uh, it was really sunny out today when I was when you were playing the game. Right. A little, a little too sunny. He's you like, guys, I can talk to a. It's like I can talk to a baseball player. He's like, I played little league. But. Yeah. Everyone played little league. Yeah. Uh, you did you uh see the the Tampa two defense coming? Yeah. Right, Jerry. That would be rehearsed. Yeah. Um, and then back yeah. to yeah, but back to last dance. Um, really, this is probably the. This comes into number one documentary series a sports documentary series for me um when we talk about well i'll have something more written up um when whenever we want to talk about nine yeah. ten um still up there is brian versus the boss which is a great 30 for 30 about brian bosworth and the oklahoma um college football yeah. and then um last chance you is pretty fucking good too the yeah. co- college football kids or the community college kids um only other thing i have on the last dance is that there were two people in episode eight who just felt like they were just super in the wrong place at the wrong time and that was kukok and clyde drexler were just both happened to be in the wrong spot and just jordan was like i fucking hate you yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah. that was so that was like it um, could have been literally anyone i knew about um obviously clyde the glide um like he's just like an amazing basketball player. It's like in legend, he's just awesome. And same with Kukoch. But I know Clyde is just like he's like a ethos in basketball. Kukoch, I was just like, he's the guy that was on the Bulls. Yeah. It's not I don't know where where he went elsewhere. I don't know his special like I don't I don't know if he was a role player, what he was really good at. I know Clyde is like the slashing two position for Portland and he had been in the league forever and finally when he was like towards the end of his career where he finally started being good and like became like a beast. But Kukoc was always just like, oh, he was on the Michael Jordan teams. Um but yeah, both of them and like Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. and uh Isaiah Thomas and shoot. Um, they, in the end, when they play the jazz all the time, they bring up another guy that was on the jazz that had the cover. I won't like talk too much about it, but like there's been so many people that were, yeah, like literally like stepped on the Michael Jordan train tracks and got their foot caught and just got demolished by the wrath of Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was literally just like, 
Because that's like my point is like it could have been Jordan was such like a freak and like he was so fucking motivated and would do whatever it took that he was was, he would create reasons to hate you. And if it was just like you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, he hated you. I will spoil it. There's I think it's an episode nine where he literally like everyone talks about like, oh, he Jordan hated him because he did this because this guy at the in the during a regular season and it cuts to jordan he goes yeah i made that up (laughs) he goes i just needed something and he's like i tricked my own brain into hating him so then i would beat him and everything it's just like you are a psycho genius like you are mentally unhinged yet you are the smartest man i've ever met yeah it's fucking wild dude yeah, uh, there was that. There was so many funny parts. So many parts where I like literally got up on the couch and I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go, here we go. <laughs> like this is it. And then he like Jordan's like fucking soaring through the air and I love it. There were also crazy emotional parts. Like episode nine was probably what I will say is maybe my favorite episode of the entire thing. Episode nine and it's real emotional. Like yeah. like good emotion though. It's just like you're like holy shit. Um, well, I mean, they got into some stuff, too. I mean, the whole thing with, like, the um, how Michael's dad died and then, like, he became really close with the security guard. Yeah. And, like, all that kind of shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, they get into that in episode nine, too. Um, but, no, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, everyone was talking about it. We wish we just could just watch it in one go. Or it was literally, like, play it on a, on a Sunday. Just all ten episodes for ten hours straight. Like, let's watch them all. Um, but they released them like two at a time on every Sundays, but it was still like, I'm there's, I'll probably wait a good couple months and ba- probably when the NBA comes back, I'll like start watching them again. Cause they're just so good. Yeah. Um, well that, uh, that particular segment was brought to you by the rainy plum ship repairs. Mm-hmm. This, um, we are located at 510 North street on Plum Island. Um, and if you need your pirate ship, you know, pirate ships, notoriously. I've been watching Dylan play a lot of Odyssey, mm. Assassin's Creed. Pirate ships, um, they tend to get banged up a lot. And you're yeah. going to need to do some repairs. So, we're on a lovely island for you, quote-unquote, technically a peninsula, I think. Um, and if you, when you get in your battles with other pirate ships, mm. we are there for you. We also do canoe repairs. We also do dory repairs. And we also do kayak repairs. Those mm-hmm. are less frequent um, as kayaks are pretty indestructible. Um, I got but, a couple of kayaks I could bang up and bring over. Yeah. If, if you need anything to do with a ship, you need a new mast, you need a new rudder. You how, need hull. How, what is their dinghy detail like? Impeccable. Love it. That's all I have to say. We have the finest craftsmen and um, they just... They do a great job. There's just no other way to put it. Thank you. Uh, can you um, say their name one more time? The Rainy Plum I, Ship Repairs. Rainy Plum Ship Repairs. And again, that's excellent. 510 North Street on Plum Island, Massachusetts. Beautiful. Um, with uh, the the close of this kind of shorter, um, this quick um, Trollstone podcast, me and uh, Dunky want to wrap up with a. Uh, a list. Um, Duncan brought this to my attention since we were going to talk about the last dance. Why don't we talk about um, some more basketball? Because uh, uh, I know I miss it. Um, I've been filling the void of basketball um, with a mixture of Animal Crossing and um, Avatar Oops. The Last Airbender. 
Okay. And Avatar The Last Airbender made a great meme about um, how Aang, The Last Airbender, and Kemba, very similar, just personality-wise. I just feel like they they would mesh well together. But we will be doing um, top five list of... um, (laughs) How how did you want to phrase it? Um, Just like modern like our generation Celtics players like yeah. so players our, we grew up with players we've seen players that won championships while we were alive yeah. xyz so so like yeah the the greats of um Celtics basketball um limited to 1995 and to today correct yeah um i didn't write anything down for this so i'm neither did i i'm going to freestyle it we're at the top of the noggin um number 5 um, a little bit of a deep cut. I'm going Eddie House. Ooh, that's a really good one. A corner specialist. That was a bad man right there. Ice in the veins. He was like, he was what I want to say, um, Marcus attitude wise and like locker room type of guy. He was like Marcus Smart before Marcus came into the league. Yeah. He was just like a, a, a bit of a vet. Um, had bounced around to a bunch of different teams and found himself as like that corner three role player on like the 2007, 2008 Celtics helps win them the championships um, has a crazy, but a bunch of threes when they're playing the Cavs in the Eastern conference finals that year. And just like you just fed him, had the baggiest shorts and mm-hmm. the baggiest Jersey and was wet, like always wet. Um, yeah, that man, he also had, like really good tattoos. He was a he was a oh yeah he had some average like, NBA tattoos. He had like street tattoos too. Yeah, he was like yeah. Uh, associated. If yeah, you yeah. It was like if if I hadn't made it to the NBA, I was either gonna have a rap career or I was gonna be slanging that dope. Slanging dope. Yeah, I think he said that before. I want to know where he's from. I feel like he's like a like a South Carolina boy. That sounds about right. Um, while you're looking that up, I'm gonna go with my number five. The White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. Classic. He's from yeah. Berkeley. He's from Berkeley, California. Okay. That's not what I expected. No. But White Mamba, the 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 ginger giant, Brian yeah. Scalabrini. A legend. He's so bad at like doing color and play-by-play and like everything are you kidding no No, i love scout not color but like when he's doing like when you have him like standing on the court before the game and he's just talking it's not he's not great at that and but it's in he's out of breath a lot it's endearing (laughs) yeah he's so i mean like like uh, all of the celtics analysts maybe or uh, you know like uh announcers besides mike gorman yeah. They're all biased, like yeah. to the umpteenth degree. Like Scal the reason that I think Scal has a job is yes, he he, you know, did really well at the Celtics and he calls Boston home. He is Irish. Um, it's because he's so similar to Tommy Heinsohn. I think he will be our generation's Tommy Heinsohn. He just he's got uh, he's on a gonna he is like whoa, bam. <laughs> he doesn't really say a lot of significant words but when he says them as a Celtics fan you're like oh I know a big play just went off because Scout was just like wow yeah he Um, he yells at the refs from the table yes terrible call terrible yeah Yeah. it's like he's like um he's like a a dad in like rec league basketball yeah 
Yeah, and he thinks his son's going D1, so he's got to put up a stink. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, my number four is um, Marcus Smart. Okay. Yeah. A, a little bit Solid. lower on the totem pole than I would like, but it's it, – it, there are so many other greats and everything. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart is just – like I said, it's I got Eddie House, who is basically like the um, junkyard dog of offense <laughs> – Mm-hmm. Marcus is the junkyard dog of defense. Yes. Just, I mean, I say it all the time on Weird Celtic Story. You get you, you get horizontal, and that's yeah. what Marcus Smart does. Yeah. There are countless pictures, specifically on my phone, of Marcus <laughs> Smart horizontal in some sort of you know uh, situation. Whether he's horizontal fighting off um, the bourgeoisie in the French Revolution <laughs> that I made, or he's getting horizontal as you know he's sliding across the Last Supper. Uh, dinner table that I photoshopped again. Um, everything Marcus Smart does is just beautiful. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a. I think this is gonna be a deep draft because there's I the Celtics have had some of the better like personalities I think of like modern basketball. Yeah, like I mean, like be, role player personalities. Yeah, I mean you you think back like we had Bill Walton and he was like a character back in like yeah. the '80s and um, like. Even beyond that, when Tommy Heinsohn played for the Celtics, there's so many like stories that Tommy Heinsohn, I mean, Tommy Heinsohn tells him, but that he was like, oh, he's like, I fired up that that locker room every night in 1966. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he was probably Marcus Smart of yeah. like the 60s Celtics, just like John at people and like making plays. Um, there's a lot of personality. I think my number four is going to be Isaiah Thomas. The little man. Yeah. Yeah. He there. was. I think that also coincided with when I was living with you. Yeah. So we watched a ton of the Celtics. Yeah. We watched Isaiah's last year a lot. Um, that was when we were juniors. Yeah. We hadn't moved in the class yet because I remember the first night. Well, one of the first uh, Celtics games we watched was with Gordon. Horrificness. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. And we both like fell asleep because it was like a late night game. Um, I, it was like it. He revitalized me to continue to like watch the Celtics because I was trailing off a little bit. Where Kelly Olynyk was like the only bright spot, and I would tune in to watch the Celtics when they played like big teams. I was yeah. like, all right, they're going up against you know the Cavs or or yeah, it's the Olynyk Celtics going up against um like OKC or like the Detroit. I would love to watch those games, but. I started to fall off a little bit, and IT brought me back and like I gotta watch every game because yeah. Isaiah's gotta go off in the fourth, the king of the fourth. Yeah. Um, my number three, um, the youngest player. Um, he's only nineteen. Um, Jason Tatum. Um, I I just r- wrap your head around that. That Jason Tatum has been in the league. This is his third year. He's only nineteen years old, which is yeah. crazy. To it's like- and he is a superstar. It. He, it's like everywhere he goes. I recently, um, I recently was listening to um, Matt Barnes's uh, podcast, yeah. Up in Smoke, because mm-hmm. he had Juice on, he had KG on, and he had Tatum on more recently. And they wouldn't stop being like, they were like fawning over Tatum, just like like you are going to be a superstar. Like yeah. continue to get better, continue to do it. Do not take any days off like 
we are telling you, you will be a superstar. There is no way around it. You are going to literally, like, LeBron, they were even saying, like, LeBron will leave, and it will be your NBA. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know anything. He's like, don't be saying that. Like, don't jinx me and everything. But it was like, there's so many people that have been saying, like, Jason Tatum will control the NBA at some point in his career. It's also just incredibly impressive that he got his beard to connect at 19. Like, it's just like, it took a little against bit. all odds. It, yeah. was like his, it was like his third year of being 19, or second year of being 19, where it, it did fill in. Yeah. So, but it is. Good he's. Stuff. Have you seen more recent pictures of him? Yeah. He's thick. Yeah. Thick, luxurious. Also, here's a question. Do you think that he... When he trained with Kobe that offseason, do you think that he did it like thinking, um, like, I'm just going to punt this year and work on this specific skill set so that then I can come back and just have that in my bag if I need it? Because it kind of felt like he had an off year, like a sophomore slump, well, if you will. I think, I think everyone on the Celtics did. I I know what you're saying because that that has been brought up. Me and Salt have talked about it a bunch of times. Where it's like Jalen was having a great his his Jalen's second year, which was Tatum's first. They the two of them were you know splash bros like they were killing it. Then Jalen like Jalen had a bad year. Jason had a bad year. Obviously Kyrie kind of imploded that. Al Horford was like I'm bye. I hate this. <laughs> Everything. Marcus was like like uh, just dogging it a little bit and Gordon was still out. Um, yeah. It was r- like, I, I attribute most of, I attribute that Celtics year um, to Kyrie and Al Horford a little bit. There have been more and more reports coming out where Al Horford was kind of like a bully in the locker room. I love Al Horford. He was like a great player. I loved watching him. He's amazing. Did he pave the way to have an amazing Daniel Tice that we have now? Like Daniel Tice always says, like Al was like my guy. Like yeah. me and him worked so hard together, and he got me to where I am. So I appreciate Al for doing that. But it was definitely Kyrie and Al, just like being kind of shitty teammates. Yeah. And like kind of being uh, Kyrie, the one being selfish, like oh, uh, like it's my team and everything, and not kind of sharing it. And I think where the Celtics at now, we have Kemba, who is a vet, but Kemba is sharing the wealth. He's like, yeah. this isn't my team. This is. Jason's team and Jalen's team and Marcus's team and my team and Gordon's team and Daniel Tice's team. Like it's all of our team. And most importantly, Enos Cantor's team. Enos, Enos Cantor. Um, did you see he absolutely ethered James Harden? Yeah, he did. That was hilarious. He does it all the time though. He like shits, he still shits on like Blake Griffin. He shits (laughs) on Kawhi. He shits on, (laughs) but it's like like, all the fun. My country is trying to kill me. You cannot do anything to me. Um, but yeah, uh, my number three. Yeah, Tony Allen. Not Tony Parker. No. Oh, okay. Tony Allen. Um, that guy. <laughs> that was he was like a grit guy before. He was that like sixth man grit guy. Yeah, right off the bench, like a Marcus Smart, like right off the bench. Yeah. It's like like tough toughness. Yeah. Tuff tough. Yeah, big time. Um. My number two, the truth, Paul Pierce. The truth. Paul Pierce, like, got me at the, like, 2004, being like, well, it was right after um, the Sox, too. It was like the Sox won the championship, won the the World Series. And I was like, at that age, 
what nine I was like or ten I was like I, I need more I need just Boston sports like I'm so invigorated by it after me and my dad and my brother watched almost every Sox game yeah and watched them go to the World Series and just like I'm like oh like the curse is bro and I'm like I need more as soon as the baseball and basketball picked up and I'm like and I remember talking with like Ben at school talking to like like Scott and Jared and like the Duke being like the Celtics are awesome because of Paul Pierce. And I'm like, yeah. And I started getting like a Paul Pierce, like I got a Paul Pierce uh, t-shirt and everything. I'm like, ah, oh, basketball is sick. And that's what I, Paul Pierce made me like fall in love with like watching NBA basketball. Yeah. So like, he's like upper echelon and he's the fucking truth, dude. He's got like buzzer beaters after buzzer beaters. He's like a madman. I just actually recently saw a thing after the last dance on Sunday that Michael Jordan is up there with like, he has like, 10 buzzer beater shots to win like uh championship or like or um like to end series in the playoff games like he mm-hmm. has 10 overall like his last buzzer beater shot wins him um like a series in the mm-hmm. playoffs paul pierce has 13 <laughs> paul pierce is number one on that stat of buzzer beater shots that wins his team a playoff series paul pierce has 13 he I mean, was just so clutch. So clutch. And in a team, a lot of those came when the Celtics were, like, making the playoffs. But it was, like, you know, and Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce Celtics, where it was, like, pretty, mm-hmm. like, early on in this conception of, like, the Celtics could be contenders and everything. And he would, like, they would be, like, going off against, like, you know, the Pacers in, like, the early 2000s finals and it wasn't anything special but paul pierce like racked up those like clutch moments over and over again and yeah badass badass motherfucker um if you're gonna go paul pierce i'm going kg all right that's a a bad man right there the the all-time story about um mellow's wife yeah I'm in the middle of listening to Up and Smoke KG podcast, like right before we took this call. Her pussy tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios is an all time chirp. Yeah. He just, everything he does, like, he was made, he's the fucking big ticket. He was made to be put on a, on a pedestal, on screen, on a platform. Like, he's just, he does, it's, he backs up with all of his talent. Mm-hmm. Like amazing like athletic ability and it's just he's got like the best personality to be like just a mean cold-blooded nba superstar and i feel like to a certain degree like whereas jordan seemed like he was just kind of like a little bit of that guy all the time it seemed like kg could turn it off and on a little bit yeah, more kg like it was like between amazing. the lines yeah KG and then was like that. outside of it it was like just straight up respect like homie like whatever kg was jordan <laughs> in every sense of the game but he was a good teammate yeah there was obviously I mean, you've heard with the last dance there's so many people being like jordan like bullied me and i did not like <laughs> like i did not like being on his team but we were winning championships and being the best team in the nba for six fucking years so i stood i kg was that but he was just a good he was a great teammate he would pick people up he would you know he would shit talk you and you never felt like Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck? Like, he, yeah. I don't think he ever dug too deep. Yeah, it, it, 
seems like it, it wasn't like he was it didn't feel like he was picking on you it felt like he was doing it because you were part of this like fraternity yeah he has he has like a story i forget who he, it was it was when he was in minnesota um is that up and smoke podcast where he talks about like i would test people and i would learn i can't test him or i can <laughs> i can push him it, and less of like the like his younger teammates would just shut down where it's yeah. just like you know he could he could pick on Sam Cassell and call him ugly, but Sam Cassell would just eat it up and everything. Yeah. But then you would have like a rookie on the team on Minnesota where he would try to pick on them for the first time, and they would kind of like recoil and be like, "Well, I can't do that anymore. I'm gonna turn into like the motivating guy." Yeah, yeah. So. or like I'm just gonna change how I'm doing it to yeah. like yeah. I, uh, um, my number one is KG. He's my okay. favorite. He's my favorite Celtics player of all time. Yeah, I think it's really really difficult to disagree with that like he was pierce is like paul pierce for our lifetime is the celtics like when i do think of the celtics i think of paul pierce because i mean he did leave but for the most part he's like got us to the 2008 championship all the way when he first came to the team like when he started to rebuild it was him and antoine walker working really hard and we pick up kg in like uh, 2007 and but it's K, KG just see, seemed like the full package to me. Like he's and the person he out, like, he's the superstar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he was like the, just his antics, like everything on the court. Like he was that, such a like. That like, clip that he's like in the stands and he calls someone like, he's chirping someone while he's in the stands and he's calling like a bitch ass and everything. It's like amazing. And like the whole, like the knuckle pushups thing was electric. Yeah. Like he's, him, him like dunking and getting fouled and then just like beating the shit out of the like uh post was just like, awesome. I send this, uh, send to some of you guys all the time where I'm angry, where it's just KG, it obviously no sound, just, ah, <laughs> he's mean mugging someone's right in the camera. It's amazing. But yeah, he's um, my number one. I think. I sort of just like freestyled this, so these are really not in any actual order. But my number one is I'm just gonna go with Rondo. I really fucking loved Rondo when Rondo he was carried the legacy of the Celtics into the Olenek days and like mm-hmm. the Trump days. But and Rondo stuck it out. Like Rondo mm-hmm. was like there for Boston. He still talks about how much he loves Boston. He did kind of sour relationships with yeah, right with specifically first Ray Allen. Yeah. And then KG and then Paul Pierce and everything. But, but also like, from from all accounts, I've heard that Alan kind of deserved it. Oh, yeah. Alan was Alan's kind of like a fuck boy. Yeah. I mean, I love Alan. He's wet, but it's just kind of like, nah. nah. Um, but yeah, Rondo's like watching Rondo just like pass and dribble. And then the whole like him and KG's relationship where they would do like the weird tip off stuff and like. Yeah. That was just, like, the fucking best, dude. That yeah. made basketball so fun to watch as a kid, exactly. like, growing up. I do think, like, watching Rondo before the Celtics, or, I mean, bef- there was no before the Celtics, but, like, after the Celtics, he, I mean, yeah, he's a lot older now with the Lakers and where he bounced. I, did he go to? After I the Celtics, up last he- night. He went to the Mavericks, and then I think he went to the Bulls. I know he was in Dallas, yeah. And then he went I think two other places and then went to the Lakers. Oh, he was on the Pelicans, and then there was another team in there mm-hmm. somewhere. I Watching him, like, after the Celtics, it's kind of like, I know he was a lot older, and he's definitely, like, he sold his body on the line playing for us. Yeah. But he seemed, he loved playing in Boston and just did anything he could. There's that great clip where he kind of, like, pokes the ball away 
um, I, I forget who it's against, and just sprints down the court and slides after it headfirst and rips it away. I think it's J.J. Redick. And he rips it away from J.J. Redick and, like, passes it up to God knows who, and they, they like, dunk it and everything. But he, like, sold himself. Like, Marcus Smart sold himself on the court for the Celtics at all times. He doesn't do that anymore. It just he feels got, like... He got in that fight um, against... I forget who. It was the Lakers versus some other team. And he got into a fight with someone and punched them. Um, but, like, he, like physically like was like i'm going to do whatever i can to make sure the celtics win this game yeah i don't think he does that with all the other teams and i think i think part of it is just like the celtics had such a fucking great team like and yeah it was like if you if you knew that kg and paul pierce were on the court with you you're a having so much fun and b you're gonna sell out fully yeah. for your boys exactly yeah i mean that happens like Ride a lot like there's there's since the Celtics have such like a rich history, like there are so many people who are like, oh, I just I wanted to go. That's Shaq has said it before. He goes, I ended my career with the Celtics because I just wanted to be a Celtic. Are you kidding yeah. me? The 17 championships. Why wouldn't you want to be have your name some be shown in the green? Like, yeah. like, why so not? there's so many people that have so much respect and they'll do anything to kind of, again, like have your name on a Celtics roster. And I feel like you also have to give a lot of credit to Ainge on that one because, yeah. I mean, he's done a, a great job. But uh, last thing on Celtics is I read a story the other day about how Jalen Brown brought his grandfather up from Atlanta to train him during yeah. that. Dude, I didn't realize that his dad was a heavyweight boxer and his yeah. grandfather sparred with Ali and Sonny Liston and fucking yeah, his, all those his guys. His grandfather trained Ali for like three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking wild, dude. He's, no, he's a badass. Vietnam, and then he was like, I want to be a boxer, but like, I am not going to make any money. So I'm just going to drive trucks and go around the country and spar with huge names. He's a badass. Joe Frazier, like everyone. Jalen is, I like love Jalen too. He's a definitely an honorable mention for me because of his like love for education and how he talks about like promoting more public education and how he like has fucking classes he takes classes at MIT and UMass and does whatever he can. It's just like has like a teacher. It's awesome to see. Yeah. Like it's great that LeBron makes a school, but like LeBron just made a school and it's just like, yeah, like I'll throw money so kids can go there. Like Jalen is actually like working on like trying to better education yeah. in yeah. the country. And then also on the, the, the yin to that yang is that he's like boys with Gucci Mane. Like, yeah. And, and then he makes great, Tate, dude. he brings Tatum along and Tatum's boys with Gucci man. And we got young game changer wrapping it up. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Well, great list. Um, My computer's about to die. Yeah. So. Um, just quick shout out to our sponsors. Um, Assault and battery. Um, salt batteries. Legal advice. That may be mediocre. Legal, I may be, legal advice. I'm sorry. I may be dead. And the rainy pump ship repairs. My computer just turned off, I think. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Peace out, you cool cats and kittens. Deuces. Puppy podcast next Tuesday.
told my young niggas how to slide, go and get a striker. I put my young bitch in the G-Wag, she riding strikers. I go to Jamaica, then take them with a hundred snipers. I dip the ice and go, who I step out ice and froze. I hit professional, who I deja vu, I know. I'm getting my decimals, who I'm going digital. Fans in the gym is true, bagged up, plenty food. Tell me how I'm supposed to feel. Sober in my interview, last night, I was going up. I was offended too. Tough flight, I've been going up. It's a ritual. Passport, and we going up. Like some animals, add it up, and I'm gassed up. Check the temperature, triple rows, tall hoes, they are dental crew. Men the maid, hot taste flash, going crazy. Drug raids, got me cold, got me cocky. Can't stand it, wanna enjoy life if it ain't toxic. Cuban links, walking on ice, on play hockey. I was trained, standing on front screen, I'm saucy. High pro, foul superstar, codeine coffee. Copy Porsche, copy Range Rovers, King Joffrey Kick the door, smoke insurance, six take oxys This poor, we sticking together like King Kong, I'm taking drugs out my body Insane, inside my brain, man, my past